It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by G. Here's your host, Matt Derry. And it is week number three of Wired, the Pistons podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining me and welcoming me back to the Pistons fold. Matt Derry with you as we talk about your favorite basketball team and get you ready for another wild week, especially on the road. The Pistons actually going to play six of their next eight on the road. And as we record this podcast on this Wednesday, Pistons again ready to go to Minnesota for a Wednesday 8 o'clock game. And then Friday night in Charlotte against the Hornets, two very important games. And if you've watched the Pistons over the last couple of weeks, you've known that this team is very, very streaky. After a five-game win streak, Pistons now have lost seven of their last eight to sit at 14 and 14. I'm going to give you some thoughts and some trade rumors that are going around right now and kind of squash those. And also, the biggest reason why I think this team has struggled a little bit as of late, and it comes on the defensive side, the defensive end, for sure, of the court. Pat Garrity, the fine associate general manager of the Detroit Pistons, really the second-in-command in their front office, going to join me in a little bit uh, right here on Wired. We'll talk to Pat Garrity, former Orlando Magic player for many, many years, and a highly coveted uh, free uh, front office uh, member of the Pistons that many teams have interviewed already for for uh, GM jobs. He's still here in Detroit and does a whale of a job. We'll talk to Pat momentarily. All right, number one, uh, many of you I know are on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks. Many of you are on Twitter, and with the with the advent of social media and with the NBA really having a, a stranglehold, uh, on the uh, stranglehold on social media, many people are putting out a lot of uh, trade rumors and the like that are out there. And I want folks to be cautious when we're talking about the Pistons. Because do the Pistons need another wing player? Could they go for a wing score like Bradley Beal to improve their team? Of course. Uh, and I think that uh, Pat and Malik Rose and Ed Stefanski and everybody in the front office, heck, Dwayne Casey, would welcome bringing in a guy like that, an all-star scorer who puts up over 23 points per game. But again, it takes two teams to tango. It might even take three teams to make a deal. And with the way the Pistons are sort of constructed right now, the thought process of, oh yeah, let's just send you know Luke Kennard and some first-round picks to Washington to get Bradley Beal, that, that's not going to happen. Luke Kennard is only in his second year and is still somebody that is so young and so unproven in this league that the Wizards, they're not doing that. So while talk of trades is fun, and while people want to throw things in the ESPN trade machine and see if they stick, I, I, I think you know there's a lot of things that come to play and factor in, including contracts of current Pistons players that might not be very eye-widening to opponents and, and, and to teams that are looking to make a deal. So... I think the roster, the way it's constructed right now, at least until we get to the end of the season and the offseason, is kind of where we're going to be with the Pistons for right now. And the biggest key for them is to get healthy and to get some of these guys back. They really miss Ish Smith right now. And I know he's only the backup point guard. And I know Blake Griffin basically handles the ball like 70% of the time anyway. But Ish Smith was a guy with some quicks, a guy that could score, uh, a pretty able defender against the pick and roll. And that's been an issue the last couple of games for the Pistons is guarding that. Uh, if you watch Kemba Walker just pick and roll the Pistons to death in that fourth quarter of the loss uh, last Wednesday night, and if you saw Giannis on Monday night against the Pistons get to the rim with ease whenever somebody screened for him, that's a concern. That's number two on my list before we talk to Pat Garrity, and that is the defense. When the Pistons had won five in a row uh, at the end of November, early December, knocking off Houston, Phoenix, New York, the Bulls, 
and the Warriors. And I know all those games were at home. But Detroit gave up 103.2 points per game during that five-game win streak. Now the Pistons have dropped seven of eight. And you look at the defense, add it up, folks. They're giving up 113 a game. That's 10 more points per game they're giving up. Now, are they playing some better teams? Yes. Oklahoma City's really good. Milwaukee's really good. Philly. Anthony Davis with New Orleans. Philly again. Charlotte with Kemba Walker. Uh, A win against Boston. And then Milwaukee again. The schedule's gotten more difficult. But if this team is going to take that next step, and remain in the playoff hunt. They're sixth right now as we record this podcast. They're going to have to start guarding people and guarding people better. Andre Drummond's going to have to protect the rim better. Dwayne Casey's going to have to figure out when when the bigs come out and screen for the littles, does Andre Drummond stay back a little bit more? Does, does he protect the rim? Does he come out more? Does he show? Do, however the Pistons want to figure that out, they have to rather quickly here. Because right now teams are getting... Way too way too easy and comfortable going into that painted area. And last night, or Monday night, Milwaukee hit, what, 47% of their threes in the first half? Because the Pistons were you know, guarding the painted area and guys were left wide open. So that's something to keep in mind and to watch for as this team plays, again, six of the next eight on the road. All right, our guest this week right here on Wired is Pat Garrity. Five years with the Pistons in their front office, the associate general manager, he comes to us today from Vegas for the uh, G League Showcase. Pat, thanks for the time. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks, Pat. So uh, tell me a little bit about the trip to Vegas right now, what the G League Showcase is all about. And and, and, and I know if there's players on other teams that you like, it, it depends contractually on where they are with their parent clubs. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it does. So this, this is a, a really terrific event that the, that the league does and the G League does. And, and they had been doing it in uh, – in January uh, in Mississauga, Ontario, just outside Toronto. So they moved it up a little bit um, uh, to before the New Year's, and, and now it's going to be in Vegas. And, you know, just like everything going on in the league, it seems like this has become kind of a permanent home for, for some of these big events. Uh, but it's it's a terrific scouting event because you're able to see every team in the G League play. And, you're, you know, not only able to see – uh, you know, the, the, the guys that are that are that are roster G League guys, but assignment players from NBA teams, which are typically rookies and second year guys, and all the two way players. And so, it's a nice continuation from summer league to try to evaluate some of the younger guys that might not be getting minutes uh, with their NBA team yet. It, you know, in addition to finding those diamonds in the rough, the guys that are grinding away to G League for a chance at you know call up or a potential summer league spot next year. Pat, a lot of the fans here know a guy that that will be a part of this with, with his Sioux Falls team and Duncan Robinson, who was, you know, a very good shooter at Michigan and is having a really good season, averaging close to twenty points per game. Now he's on a two-way contract with the Heat. How does that work? Let's say you fall in love with him, Pat, on this trip and, and want him for the Pistons. How, how does that work? Well, well, typically how it works after a a two-way player and uh, you know comes to the end of their contract, whether it's a one or two-year contract, they're still restricted free agents, and so. Other teams have the ability to, to go and bid and tender a contract offer to them, but their, their their parent team has the ability to match that. And if they match it, it's just like a restricted free agent coming off a rookie contract. They have to go back to the, uh, the parent team. I brought up Duncan Robinson because obviously, Pat, with the Pistons, uh, there's always a need for shooting, and especially with now Blake Griffin and the role that he's sort of playing and what Andre Drummond brings on the interior. But uh, is that something that, that your bosses and Malik and – 
and, and Ed Stefanski and everybody are, are kind of looking at it, and maybe this this week in Vegas is is shooting. For sure. I mean, that's whether whether it's in Vegas, if it's in Timbuktu, if it's wherever, you're looking for shooting. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that, that's just the way that the game is being played now uh, with with this the space that teams want to have on the floor. Uh, you have to have people that can spread the floor and make shots. And so, you know, the guys that are able to do that are always going to get a look and get a chance and opportunity. Looking at your club, we're talking to Pat Garrity, Associate General Manager for the Pistons. Looking at this team, Pat, is that is that an even bigger need than maybe some of the other teams around the league? Because, like I said, the way you guys, Dwayne's using Blake Griffin and the way Andre Drummond crashes the boards, is that, you know, is that I think, are the Pistons built a little bit differently than other teams and in need of shooting? Well, no, certainly playing with two big guys, uh, you know, one of whom is a is a playmaker and, and Blake Griffin, and then, you know, Andre Drummond, who you have to collapse on him or else you're just going to give up offensive rebounds. That that does place a premium on having guys around those guys that can make teams pay when you're either collapsing the D on Blake or or sending two guys to try to keep Andre off the glass. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit different than than a lot of teams are playing and, and a lot of teams are building their rosters right now. But I think that there's there's areas where we have advantages. But the only re- way you can take um, you know take advantage of, of the strengths that we have with those two guys is to surround them with guys that can space the floor. And, and it's, a, it's a hard thing to find. I mean, I mean, finding guys that can go up and down the floor, you know, four or five times without touching the ball, and then and then the sixth time, you know, catch it and make a shot. Like, those guys are, uh, those guys are really valuable players. Take me through the, the five-year roller coaster that has been the Pistons for you. <laughs> because, obviously, you came in here with Stan and had that Orlando connection with him, and now he's gone. How, how does the organization run differently now under Ed Stefanski? Well, I, I think the most obvious um, the point is 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 having um, the, the responsibilities of a head coach and, and the person who has the final say in the front office separated. Uh, and, you know, I think there were early on, um, when, when Stan came in here, there were there were a lot of good things about that, and we had a pretty you know we had a pretty good functioning group with with you know him doing that with Jeff Bauer leading the front office on the day to day. You know, obviously he didn't win enough, and so that happens you know in, in any sport where where you know you got to make a change when that happens. So you know, right now the it, it's it's run more like a traditional front office with with Ed uh, Malik Sach and Andrew Loomis me, um, you know taking a look at, at how we can improve the team through trades, free agency, things like that. Uh, but, you know, it's still the, the coach is the one that has to mold all that together. So so the guys the guys who are coaching the game are, are always going to have a say in, in, you know, in what direction we're going to go. I don't want to rehash the last few years, but I do, uh, you know, having you on the podcast here today, we we got to ask, and i got to ask, can you put your finger on what kind of what went wrong the last couple of years with Stan, and and how difficult it was maybe for him to to juggle both roles? Well, I, you know, when, when you look at what our our goal was last year, which was to get back to the playoffs after having made it in 2015, um, you know, it's hard for me not to point to the Reggie injury, and I know it's. You know, you can play woulda, coulda, shoulda all day, but like, the fact remains we were 19 and 14 playing the hardest schedule in the NBA up through mid- the end of December. And when Reggie went down, uh, we went down. I, I, I don't know, you know, what happened after that, but I, I think we lost something like 10 in a row. And 
we, we just weren't able to make it back. And so, and, you know, made the Blake trade and, um, you know, as a, and, and it, that was more of a longer term move. It wasn't directly related to the injury, but, um, you know, hard to say what would happen if we had, we had made the playoffs, but Reggie, I think at, at that point had, had recovered from his knee injury was, was just starting to play really good basketball. You know, we as a team were playing, playing pretty well and then just weren't able to find a way to win. Uh, when when he went down. Pat Garrity with me here on Wired. Matt Derry with you. This weekly podcast. Love talking to Pat as he's out in Vegas for the G League Showcase. All right, you, you, the season, like I said before, is now about a quarter of the way through or, or even a little bit more, and you guys are sitting at 500. Um, are, are the expectations, should the bar be raised based on some of the starts you guys had and how well you played? Where, where, do, you guys, where do you stand on how the team's done so far this year? I think... Um... You know, the, the sequence of how these wins and losses have come have kind of made it difficult to, to keep an even keel. Uh, so, you know, we went on, went on a pretty good run where put a, put a number of good wins in a row. Um, all happened to be against teams that weren't playoff teams. I mean, the Golden State win was a terrific win. And then, you know, our most recent losing streak where, where we dropped, I think, you know, six or seven of eight was against teams that were all playoff teams. Um, and so, I think when you, you kind of look at our, our record right now of, you know, a little bit above, above 500, that's, that's probably, that's probably a good indication of, of who we are with the ability to be a team that's comfortably above 500, um, you know, with all, with, 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 you know, good fortune and good fortune meaning, you know, that's core guys are all healthy. You have all your guys, you know, playing well at the same time, that kind of thing. And I'm sure the roster isn't exactly 100% what Dwayne Casey wants. What coach has that has that type of roster? Maybe not named Steve Kerr and a few others, but how do you think he's handled coaching this team? And it, there seems to be a uh, you know an upbeat kind of aura about uh, what's going on at the practice facility every day. Is that true? Yeah, no, he's he's, he's done great. And, and I'll tell you what, like the, the way that coach wants to play is is a little bit different for some of these guys, um, and and the way that they've played before and you know as both as a player and as a coach it's it's easy after you know a few weeks of it maybe not working well to throw your hands up and say okay we're just going to go back to you know you know whatever way these guys you know i played before but you know to his credit he's stuck with it and kept a positive attitude and i think our guys have too um you know one example is, is reggie jackson now reggie right now is, is a guy who throughout his career has had the ball in his hands and has been a pick-and-roll player, and he's being asked to play differently now because of Blake. And you can tell he's trying to figure that out right now. And Coach has been nothing but supportive of him, and Reggie's come in with a with a, with a good attitude and, and trying to do the right thing. Um, but it takes time. And, you know, it takes time and patience and continual repetition to be able to make that kind of move. And, and the only reason we're doing it is because – you know, coach believes and, and the staff believes it truly is the, the way that we need to play to win. And I guess Blake uh, Blake uh, Blake Griffin's leadership has only made the culture better. How important is it that the ball's in his hands? Because quite honestly, the guys follow him. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and the reason guys follow him, it's, and it's not only because he's a great player. He's obviously a great player. You know, has a track record. Uh, but guys see what he does to prepare himself both in the off season during the season you know blake's entire life is built around you know being ready to play at his his best performance like he he's he cuts out all other distractions during the season 
he's he's maniacal about it how he takes care of his body and i think when guys see the level that he's the level of preparation he's putting into it uh you you can't help but follow i want to ask you about stanley johnson a little bit where where do you stand on him and and how he's coming off the bench at least lately played much better right another guy who is playing a different role so he's coming off the bench he's playing um a majority of his minutes now at power forward whereas you know, before he'd always always kind of played at small forward and you know i thought that he's taken it pretty well like he's adjusted pretty well to it he's um you know one of the big things with him was was making quicker decisions moving the ball making smart decisions and you know you can see glimpses of he's doing that he had a, just a terrific terrific game uh the last game and and just showed what he's capable of. So if he continues to play like that, he's going to be an important part of our team. Just because guys like him are so valuable in the league, guys that can play both three and the four, that can guard bigger power forwards. You know the the, the Giannis's, um, you know guys like Marcus Morris, uh, but also like can provide a spark and some toughness off the bench. Really, really valuable if he can continue to do what he did in the last game. Pistons associate general manager Pat Garrity with me here. All right, Pat. Uh, I've wasted for some listeners a lot of time in not getting into this whole trade season situation, and I, I'm sure you're online. You see the rumors and everything else, and you know what's true and what isn't. Um, but when 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 people are writing and saying, "Oh, the Pistons can get a get a Bradley Beal," and I know you can't talk about other teams' players, but where are we in terms of what kind of moves could be made, where this team is with the cap, and what's what's realistic? Yeah, so I mean, without getting into you know particular players. The, the the one issue that that we have is, you know, in, in the way that the trade rules work is, you know, generally you can if you're sending something out, you can bring back, you know, a little bit more money. We're a little bit limited in that respect because we're so close to the tax line, and so you know, engineering trades where you're bringing back less money than you're sending out while also improving your team, or you're just really, you know, th- that means another team is willing to you know take on more money to get worse, which which doesn't really happen a lot of times unless you're incentivizing a deal, which is something that, you know, we're just really not interested in doing right now if it's really not making our team better. So that's kind of how we're looking at it. You know, the most important thing right now is, you know, getting our young guys better. And, you know, as, as the season progresses, and you get closer to the deadline, things will pop up that we'll look at. But just because of our, our you know, lack of financial flexibility right now, we're probably not as active in the market as we had been in prior years. There was a report last week. Somebody said, uh, somebody wrote, "Oh, the Pistons are doing their due diligence, whatever that means, on Markel Fultz." And again, I know you can't talk about other teams' players. He's under contract uh, with Philadelphia. But what, what does that mean, Pat? Do, do teams doing due diligence on a player? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just you know, again, without you know, you know, making it about him, it, you're oh, you're doing due diligence. Just means you know, knowing the league, knowing you know who is available for trades, what other teams are asking for, basically getting a sense of the market. Um, and so you're, you're always doing that. So, um, you know, you could write probably about a list of 30 players, 40 players that, that teams are doing due diligence on. And it's, it's, it's really just, you know, kind of assessing their strengths and weaknesses, how they would fit on your team, what it would cost to get them, you know, and then what kind of are the future implications for, for making that move. Do you think the G League showcase not only is everybody there to watch to watch games, but could that kind of turn into a mini trade spree based on everybody being at the same place at the same time? Or, or is that I don't, know, I don't know about I don't know if a, a spree is going to happen out <laughs> of it, but but anytime you get a bunch of NBA people together uh, 
with basketball and then you know gears afterward uh, <laughs> it's gonna it's, yeah well it's gonna you know it's gonna spur talk and this is um you know it's 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 nice it's because it, it, we're we're traveling around a lot it's it's hard to see you know a lot of people at one time uh so this is uh you know this is an opportunity and certainly teams are going to be you know talking to one another and, and you know continuing the conversations that they're having Pat, I uh, want to ask you lastly about, uh, we mentioned Blake Griffin before. I talked about it on the, on the podcast last week, the whole idea of resting him that night against Philly, which I liked. And, and to me, when he's had to carry the load for this team and everything's kind of gone through him, I know it's different than when you played. Uh, not, that, 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 not that you're some uh, geriatric now, Pat. I remember your career at Notre Dame with the Magic. But, you know, the whole idea of resting Blake um, what do you think of it, and how different is that today as opposed to you know back ten years ago? It's well, it's it's definitely more prevalent. You no, know, it's not something that that um, you know really we've we've gone gone crazy with, and Blake's held up pretty well. So we got to just be smart about about it through the rest of the season. Pat, really appreciate the time. Uh, all the best out in Vegas. Thanks so much for a few minutes here on Wired. You bet. That's Pat Garrity, Associate General Manager of your Detroit Pistons, giving us a couple of minutes here on Wired, and we appreciate his time. And a lot of good stuff there from Pat, and a lot of clarity uh, and and transparency from Pat about the trade situation. And again, I think it's it's fun to talk about, it's fun to tweet about, it's fun to get on the internet about and, and do the trade machine. But this Pistons roster, the way it is currently constructed, whether you like it or not, whether you think there needs to be additions, subtractions, whatever, the way that these contracts are, are are put together for a lot of the players, including Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, and Blake Griffin, those are contracts that are going to be very difficult to move. And what the Pistons have done, and I think we've seen this, uh, you know, under Ed Stefanski still so far in this very limited time that he's run the front office with Malik and uh, Malik Rose and Pat and others, is that this team has to find some hidden gems. The G League showcase can be a spot for the Pistons to grab a shooter uh, and do it that way. Uh, you know, Bruce Brown is a guy that, you know, has been a second-round pick that has played a little bit for the Pistons on the big club and uh, I believe spent some time, too, in Grand Rapids. But that's how the Pistons are going to have to do it. They're going to have to get creative and find that that diamond in the rough or somebody maybe out of the G League that is not, as Pat mentioned before, we use Duncan Robinson, the former Michigan sharpshooter, as an example, somebody that maybe is on a two-way contract where their team doesn't have space for them and they can find a job with the Pistons, uh, you know. The kid James Young, who used to be, it was a first round pick of the Celtics a few years ago. Now has has become a a D League or G League player. Terrence Jones, who had some success with the Rockets, the Pelicans, and the Bucks, big man at about six nine, still only twenty six years old, and if he can improve his outside game, can get back into the league. So it's a great opportunity for the Pistons, their front office, to pluck somebody possibly away and, and see if they could be a roster fit for this team, which. Quite honestly, and Pat was very honest about it uh, himself, needs shooters. You know, there are some nights where the Pistons are going to need Luke Kennard to knock down three, four, five, three point shots. Stanley Johnson Monday night got the three ball going. But with the way the Pistons are playing now, with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, unusual in a sense that you've got a four man and a five man together in this day and age of three and D and space and pace. Um, the Pistons have got to add some shooters and have to, have to find some guys that can consistently knock down threes. The nights where Langston Galloway is able to, to knock down some threes, Kennard, Stanley Johnson, those are nights the Pistons are going to win. But if those guys aren't making shots, and I know it's, it's so cliche and simple, uh, the Pistons are going to struggle. 
All right, that'll do it for Wired for another week. My name is Matt Derry. Thank you for listening, everybody. Send me a tweet, uh, any questions that you have about the podcast, at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, and we'll talk to you again next week.